the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. We are called to to love by telling people the truth and doing it with grace. That's what it means to serve another person. Everybody in this room, you and I are called to serve one another. That's why we're Christians. That's why I cannot emphasize enough. If you are a part of the body of Christ, somebody needs to be reaching out to you. Somebody needs to be discipling you. Somebody Somebody needs to be praying for you. Okay? Now, that should happen on an ongoing basis. Now, if you are a person, a Christian, who does nothing but suck all the blessing, pastor, pray for me. Brother, can you pray for me and all of that? There's nothing wrong with that. But at some point, what you get, you have to give out. If somebody is praying for you, you need to be able to, at some point, learn how to pray for another person as well. I mean, that's just not an option, right? That's what it means to serve. Not just pray, encourage, right? How many of you would like to be encouraged by another person? I want to be encouraged by another person, you know, because I don't know everything. You know, I've been married 35 years, believe me. I can give you some marriage tips. All right? I can. Oh, you're so boastful. No, no, no. I've just learned from other people, and I've learned from myself as well. What do I do with that experience? (laughs) Pay me $5, and I'll counsel you. Is that what we do? No, that's not what we do. We pray for people. Hey, hey, you know, what do you... What are, you, what are you struggling with, you know? Hey, come on. Let's go pray about it. Hey, you know what I've learned? I've learned that if I just stand my ground on this issue, that I, if, I, if I have, I'm accountable from some, for, to somebody about this issue, hey, you know what? We'll make it. Because the Bible says we're called to rise above these things. But we're never going to rise above it by ourselves. All right? We need to be connected with each other. So this commandment to pray for those who labor over your soul, that's all of us. It's all of us. Okay? So if you've been a Christian for like 67 years and you haven't prayed for anybody, you've been sucking all the blessings. Try to eat everything without going to the bathroom. (laughs) And then we apply that physically and we say, well, you know what? At some point, I got all of that food that I ate. Some, I, 
got to let it out. Same thing. Huh? You received it. <laughs> I'm just ruining your appetite so you won't notice how long the sermon is. And anyway, at some point, you, you got to give. At some point, you got to give of yourself. At some point, to be a disciple of Jesus, you're going to have to pray for someone. You're going to have to. Well, Pastor, I can't pray for somebody else because I'm already struggling with all these kinds of things. Hey, first, ask somebody to pray for you in the things that you're struggling with. Ask somebody to encourage you. Now, once they've done that, now go do something for somebody else. You can't be struggling in every area of your life. Come on, people. You can't be. There's got to be certain areas as Christians that you're victorious in. Okay? Let me say that again. You people don't listen. There's got to be areas in your life that you're victorious in. Otherwise, man, defeated people. uh, Why did Jesus die on the cross? To continually defeat your life? To continually live a defeated life? There's got to be something that you're victorious in, and you've got to share that. You've got to. There's just no other way. That's what a disciple does. As we grow together, as we get stronger in our faith, the more God is going to use us to propel this gospel. Believe me, it's important. And it's communion. We got to deal with this. Okay? We got to deal with this. We have to make sure that we understand what it means. Okay, so we understand that we need to, you know, we need to rise above our, the challenges we face. And the first thing we do is that we, you know, honor those who labor for us. Secondly, To rise above the challenges that we face as disciples. Secondly, we need to reach out to those among us who lack strength. Okay? This is now how we deal with each other. I I, I alluded to this point in the first point, but let me just expound that a little bit. Reach out to those among us who lack the strength. This is our attitudes and action towards each other as saints in the kingdom of God. Look at the next verse, verse, part of verse 13. It says, live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Those are clear instructions on how we need to help each other become strong. Because at some point, you know, I just ask you, there's got to be some areas in your life that you're victorious in, but there are areas in your life that you're weak, right? So what do we do? We need to really look into this and say we need to live with each other's understanding that we have weaknesses in some parts and strength in some others. What do we do with that? What do we do with that? It's very clear in the point. The point simply and clearly states that we need to reach out to people who lack the strength. How do we do that? No, it says it in the verse. Number one, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Now, there are many Christians... You know, who say, I believe in Jesus, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, but they don't do anything really... To, to grow, you know. <laughs> and these are very needy type, spiritually needy, okay? Not physically, spiritually needy people. 
who, again, as I mentioned, the, who, who suck the life out of the church. Because what they do is they, uh, they refuse to, to, to grow in their faith. They refuse to strengthen their faith. And what happens is they become now uh, just, you know, Christians by confession. They're just Christians by affiliation. But they, there's, there's, not, there's, no really, there's no real vision. There's no vision in their life. They're undisciplined. Undisciplined. You know what a disciple is? The word disciple comes from the word discipline. What is a disciplined person? A disciplined person acts and behaves in a way that honors God. That's, that's what being disciplined. If we are not disciplined as Christians, guess what happens? We become disruptive. You know, we, we uh, disruptive in a way that, you know, we, we uh, project an image to other people who are also weak and we further damage their walk with God. You know, I, I, I give this example all the time. Forgive me, okay? Forgive me. I always give this example. If, if, if I'm a recovering alcoholic, if I'm a recovering alcoholic, the last thing I want is some Christian telling me, hey, let's go, go to the bar and have peanuts. It just doesn't make any sense, right? You, you know, because we, we are responsible for lifting each other up and strengthening each other up. And how do we do this? We warn. We warn. If you love somebody, you're just not going to tell them the things that they like to hear. Amen? You got to warn people. I warn you every Sunday. I do. You know? Hey, buddy. If you continue doing that, man, it's not going to end up good, no matter how, no matter how God loves you. It, 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 cannot, it cannot end well. You know, I say this to people with some minimal habits. We smoke a lot. Pastor, is this a sin to smoke? I got to warn you about smoking. Smoking will not send you to hell. Smoking will send you to heaven early. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. Now, I, I use that a lot because I think before we learn something, it's got to be told us a billion times. No, no, no. Nobody goes to heaven because of some habit. If you're a follower of Jesus, you know that's bad. You know what's bad. Because the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal to us those things. But if you continue to do it, you become disruptive. All right? You become disruptive. You have no vision for growing. You have no vision for your life. All you need to do is to come to church on Sunday. So when the pastor gives an altar call, you're going to come up front and you're going to be the first one to be prayed for. And then you go home and you start over again. You see how, you see how, how, how grinding that is? Over again. And it never stops. But not just warn. Secondly, we encourage, right? There's that word again. We not only warn those who are idle, but also encourage the weak, the disheartened. We need to exercise patience with each other. This is expected of us as Christians to do for each other. And also be just. Make sure that truth and righteousness is the standard we uphold. This is how we 
reach out to people who lack the strength. We warn, we encourage, and we are just. Be just. And again, I ask you, do you need a touch from the Lord? I think you should say yes. I think I need a touch from the Lord. Not only should we honor those who labor for our spiritual well-being, not only do we reach out to the weak, but now we need to look at our own life. We need to look at our own life. And thirdly, we need to learn how to refresh our own spiritual life. All right? That's part of soaring above the challenges. That's about our attitude and action towards ourselves. That's about being a disciple. We need to learn and practice refreshing our spiritual life. Look at verse 16. It says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You want to know what God's will is? Right there. To renew, refresh your spiritual life. How do we do that? There it is in the text. Number one, rejoice always. You know that's a spiritual discipline? It is. It is a command that when we obey, God is honored. And you know what rejoicing is? Rejoicing doesn't come from the earth. Rejoicing comes from above, right? Joy comes from above. When we're called to rejoice, that is the ultimate sign that we have, that we carry, that we reflect the supernatural power of God. Now, don't, don't look at rejoicing anymore as just an adjective that sounds good, but this is actually the evidence, uh, the evidence that the, spirit, the supernatural power of God is at work. Now, let me be clear. Nobody in this room has supernatural power. Nobody. Only God has supernatural power. Okay? Only God has that. We're not called to have supernatural powers. You're not called to be Iron Man, Spider-Man, Marvel superhero, none, none of that. Okay? None of us have that. We are, in fact, called to reflect and carry that in our lives. How do people know that you possess the supernatural power of God? Oh, it's when I, be able, when I start praying for people and they get healed. I believe in healing. I believe that God heals everybody. But that's not an evidence that you have supernatural power. Okay? That's not. Okay? Uh, oh, when, you know, when I see these things happen, all of that stuff's good. It's an act of God's grace. How do you know you have supernatural power? When you can rejoice in the midst of bad, bad, bad circumstances. That's how you know you have supernatural power. Years ago, my, my, uh, my father-in-law, who was not a very religious man, he wasn't. You know, I, I respected him. He was not a very religious man. But we were at a revival meeting many years ago. And I was standing next to him, and he was observing everything that's going on. There's praise and worship. People are, 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 are rejoicing. People are, you know, singing and clapping and all of that. And, and we, were, we were there. The whole church was invited to go, to go to that place to sing, the choir church back then. And we noticed this one pastor. He must have been in his 90s. He must have been in his 90s. And my father-in-law was looking at this, this pastor. He's really old. You know what he was doing while the singing was going on? He was jumping, raising his hand, clapping. And my father-in-law nudged me, and he, uh, he said to me, because I was a young pastor then, he said to me, look at that, that pastor, that old pastor. Look at him. He's been probably in the ministry 
for 60 years. And he still has the same joy. He still has the same enthusiasm. He said to me, you should be like that by the time you get to be at that age. You know. Don't tell me that that's not supernatural power. I'm only going to be 60 this year. And the only thing that doesn't hurt in my body is my eyebrows. <laughs> That's the only thing that doesn't hurt. All right? And I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest here. Okay? But I remember. Rejoice always. It shows that God's power is in your life. Amen? Number two, pray continually. Uh, okay? Uh, this is a command that's driven by faith alone. We pray because we have faith. That's why we soar. This church will never last this long. And we've been around for as long as I've been around. Only because of prayer. There's nothing special here. Nothing. But God says, you pray and I'll be there. <laughs> Loved ones, he has been with us. Okay? And be thankful in all circumstances. It's right there. It's right there on the text. Rejoice, pray, be thankful because this is God's will for your life. You want to be a disciple? If you're a disciple of Jesus, there, there are these things that will show up in yourself. You're refreshing yourself by rejoicing. Oh, pastor, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I have, I have the right to mourn. Only Christians can rejoice and mourn at the same time. That's, only, that's unique to Christianity. Okay? That's the power of the gospel. It's not religion. I'm not a particularly religious person. I want to be honest with you. Okay? Well, how can that be? You, you preach the word of God. I, I, I don't like the term religion. Not because it's a bad term. Not because it's not a good thing to categorize. It, it, it doesn't categorize Christians. Because Christianity has never been a religion. It has always been characterized by the quality of our relationship with God that is evident in the way we live. That's why we say to each other, Christians shouldn't do that. Not because we're talking about religion. Well, because we're reflecting the power of God in our lives. We're reflecting it. We're reflectors. That's how we see power in our lives. And fourth and final thing, okay, to soar above the challenges that we face as followers of Jesus, we, lastly, number four, we must reject the lies that stifles the Spirit's work. This is our attitude and action towards the Holy Spirit, okay? We must reject the lies that stifles, sorry for the uh, wrong um, wording there, reject the lies that stifles the Spirit's work in our life and in the church. Verse 19, do not quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. Look at the, the, command, the commandment there. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to quench the Holy Spirit? To quench the Holy Spirit is to deny the activity, the work that He's conveying in your life, the truth 
that is that he's saying into your life, the truth of scriptures that he's trying to make clear in your life. Don't reject that. Don't quench that. Don't say that the Holy Spirit is lying when he's telling you the truth. Amen? The, word, the Holy Spirit is at work in the church. He's at work in us. He's at work, you know, uh, in us. And his, his work is like fire. You know, the Holy Spirit is characterized by his, you know, uh, fiery convictions in our lives. When the Bible says, uh, when, you, when you get convicted about something, that's the Spirit of God speaking. You know, it's, it, he's like a fire. You know, it burns when something is not right in your life, in the way you're dealing with things. When there's something that is upsetting your spirit, that's the fire of the Spirit trying to convict us. Don't reject that conviction. Don't put it under the bed and say, ah, you know, uh, that's just me. No, no, listen to that. The Holy Spirit is like a consuming fire, okay? His, his main role is to make sure that we're living for God and that we have the equipment, we have the truth, we have the empowering, we have the grace, we have the mercy to, in fact, live for God. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And it's a consuming work. He empowers you and me to live this life that is glorifying and honoring to God. So when, when we prevent the Spirit from doing what He wants to do, we put out the fire. We put out the fire. We quench the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I tell our worship team time and time again, you're not leading this church to singing. You're not song leaders. You're, you're not here to expose your, your vocal stylings. You're not here to impress with how good we play the instruments. And you, you, you're talented. There's no minimizing that. But you lead us on Sunday morning to light the fire of worship. That's what we do. When people coming in here, they just had a quarrel with their wife. They just, they have a hangover. They come into church. And, and all they ever, you know, the first part of the service, you know, we sing a lot of songs here. And the first part of the service is just, uh, oh, come on, sing this song. Just, just sing, just utter the words. No, we're here to light up a fire. I love Indian food. And man, there's this one biryani place that I, I ate this biryani rice. And I said, I, I like spicy. <laughs> spicy. It burned my insides. It really did. And by the time I had that first bite, I stood up. I didn't know what to do. Spiritually speaking, that's what should be happening when we come together and sing. Well, Pastor, I'm not good enough at these things, you know. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is good enough, better than you. The Spirit of God is better than the greatest talent we can ever put on the table because it's the Spirit of God that will work in your heart this morning. You know, this sermon right here is just a long set of words. But if the Spirit of God is at work, trust me, don't ignore it. If there's repentance that needs to happen, repent. Well, this is the 6,000th time I've repented. Repent again. It didn't matter. So how do we quench the Spirit? Three quick things before we get to communion. Three, three quick things that we can quench the Spirit. Number one, by rejecting the Word of Christ. Rejecting the Scriptures. Look at the verse. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. That's the first thing. 
that we do if we wanna if we wanna quench the spirit, reject the word. Secondly, we must never relax our convictions. You wanna quench the Holy Spirit? Fight your convictions. You and I know what is godly, and you and I know what is not godly. Trust the Spirit when He brings the conviction. Don't reject it. It says it right there. Okay? Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. That's talking about convictions. Hold on to what is good. Get rid of what is bad. And finally, do not give reasons for what is wrong. Don't reason out the wrong. It says right there, reject every kind of evil. Don't excuse any kind of evil. That's how you quench the Holy Spirit. We know what is wrong. And let's not argue with, with what the Spirit says. Amen? That's what it means to rise above. We need to learn how to be servants of each other. We need to, we need to learn how to do these things. We need to, you know, we need to make sure that we, uh, we get all of these things uh, uh, as followers of Jesus, we need to be able to recognize those who are praying for us. We need to be able to reach out to those among us who lack the strength. We need to be able to, um, to refresh our spiritual life. We need to be able to reject the lies that stifles the Spirit's work. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.